The Third Men Podcast is a fan-made, not-for-profit, just-for-fun celebration of Jack White and is in no way directly affiliated with Third Man Records or the man himself. For the definitive history of Jack White and his music, please consult your local Jack White. And for everyone else looking for a home, you found one here, in a place so seedy. Enjoy! It's okay, sleep little, sleep little James. Hush, hush now. Hush now. Sleep little James. That's right, I'll turn on this nightlight here. I'll get that going for you. I'll get a little, pour you a cup of water. I'll get a little drink of water. Take out your favorite storybook. Storybook, and then James, I'm gonna, just, I'm just gonna go ahead and put these covers on you. I'm just gonna cover you. It didn't get any better the second time. No, it really didn't. It's still good, though. It's still good. Oh God. We get those covers on you. Welcome to the Third Men Podcast. I am your co-host Paul Kaminsky. I am your co-host Paul Kaminsky. Thank you. Uh, Thank you, James. You, you're just doing so good at this recording business that I figured if I just say every word that you're saying, if I cover, so to speak, what you're saying, I would make it big in the recording industry. So I'm just, I'm just trying to be like you, Paul. <laughs> well, thank you, James. Thank you, James. This is... <sighs> I'm your other co-host, James Kaminsky. This is our Jack White History Podcast where we talk all things Jack White, uh, music and movies and television and all that good stuff. And today, James, oh, we got a good one. <laughs> Paul turned into a some kind of sheep. Uh, yeah, it's it's a great one, Paul. Yeah, it's going to be a great one. So this week, we pick a new topic every week. And this this week, James, we're going to be covering a, covering, ha, a topic that is uh, of particular interest to me. It is 
covers of the White Stripes. Now, we are going to be targeting a couple different cover releases here, specifically the Different Stripes release and the Rockin' Legends pay tribute to Jack White release, which we are going to be honing in on sort of the White Stripes covers there. And we're also going to be talking a little bit about the Flaming Lips cover of Seven Nation Army. But obviously there's been a lot of covers of Jack White songs over the years. It's unsurprising for a band like the White Stripes that has had such a huge audience and appeal was more than a one-hit wonder, I'll just say. They they definitely had quite a few hits. It's unsurprising that people would want to cover them, especially songs like Seven Nation Army or Fell in Love with a Girl or something like that. Yeah, and you see a lot of these covers sort of pop up in a certain window of time, which is like sort of their, their moment of extreme popularity in the very early 2000s up until say the icky thump era sort of, sort of tail end of the 2000s and so you do see a lot there and you know some people such as jack johnson's cover John- of jack johnson's johnson yeah uh, such as jack johnson's cover of my doorbell they actually chart and things like that so i think you know when we were initially talking about the topic i think it, it's safe to say I, I always have a little bit of apprehension about people covering jack white songs because he writes things in such a personal nature and sings them and performs them with, with such personal flair that it some it somehow always reads as sort of slightly off to have somebody else interpret that you know what i mean yeah especially with the emotion and feeling he puts into these songs so seeing him on stage do a song you could really see the, the outpouring of his soul that he's putting into these songs and to hear somebody else do it it seems wrong in a certain way sometimes yeah it seems off yeah but sometimes they're done well and so we're going to talk about some things we thought were successes and some things we thought were failures and we'll do other shows about the different covers of the different aspects of his career but before we get to all of that james is there something we should be telling paul Yes, James, it's every single one's got a story to tell. James, would you like to tell the good people what every single one's got a story to tell is? I would love to tell these good people. Every Single One's Got a Story to Tell is the segment of the show in which we put out a, a question or a poll or something of the sort or even... Just ask... Just people on the street. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe sometimes we ask people on the street, hey, you mook over there, what do you think, huh? And then they, they respond to us, and we uh, take those responses and we broadcast them out to the population at large, Paul. Yeah, so we put out a call here in response to our episode 43, Listener Questions, Volume 2, about what fans' dream collaborations with Jack White would be, James. So other people telling us who they would like to hear Jack White collaborate with. Yeah, and we got we got some responses. We got quite a few responses back. Some of them are quite interesting. Yeah, some of them are quite interesting. And there's a few here. We're just going to go sort of down the list. And the first one is from Eric Andrew Dotson. Uh, we've got Dotson over here. And he says the dream collaboration for him would be with a hip-hop artist, a hometown Detroit collaboration with Eminem. And I think that's a pretty good choice there, James. I would agree. Uh, I would love to see how that would work. I don't know how their personalities would mingle so much, but I can 
I mean, if he could do it with ICP, he could do it with Eminem. So I would be interested to see that. Yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. And actually, Eric wasn't the only one to suggest Eminem. Teresa Horn Denver suggested Eminem, Kid Rock, ICP, Weird Al, and all of my Detroit boys. So that's a big old, big old Detroit collaboration there, James. Now, does she want all of them to be on one record? Because I feel like that <laughs> might be crowded. I mean, it'd be interesting because we've yeah. already seen the icp stuff and we've established that weird al has some sort of connect some sort of weird connection with jack white yeah over coffee yeah. over coffee yeah and weird al has done uh, jack white things in his polkas and in uh lampooned it he's one of them oh. lamp lampoon boys Many lampooners, yeah. yeah. And uh, James, I think, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit before the show about this. If the random third photograph of the new Jack White album recordings wound up just being him and Weird Al uh, wearing matching <laughs> Hawaiian shirts, uh, potentially with accordions, I think that would just make my life. Uh, it would be amazing, and I still, to this day, believe that Weird Al is just little Jack Lawrence with jerry curls they're one and the same they just the same human this is when little jack lawrence climbs out of his shell and he becomes weird al it's like his uh, buddy love situation is weird al yeah he's like hey hey guys i'm gonna i'm gonna write a song about food he's like that you're gonna write a song about food How what about you talking about little jack lawrence How about television you want a song about television i want my mtv my little jack and my meg are the same thing <laughs> um so james that wasn't that wasn't the only uh, response back we got, is it? No, it's not. At AdamSZ98 on Twitter suggested Dan Auerbach, which is an interesting suggestion. I think their music definitely works together. They're both into the same type of music. I know that uh, Rolling Stone would have me to believe that they are arch enemies and, and rivals and such, but uh, it would be an interesting collaboration. It seems almost possible. Their kids go to school together. Is that not true? Yeah, so they could just perform in the school play. Yeah, yeah. Or they could dress Beside their children up like little versions of themselves and have some kind of adorable white stripes, black keys kind of collaboration. And that would certainly be childlike drumming since it's coming from a child. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's an interesting, albeit impossible suggestion. Uh, Brennan Smith came up with a really cool idea here. Brennan says, I want a Jack White produced Bob Dylan record with guitar and vocal contributions. Now that's a cool idea, James. It is. And uh, I think <laughs> I think it would be an interesting collaboration. I think I would want it a different time, like a different version of Bob Dylan than the current Bob Dylan. Although yeah. it'd be cool. I mean, he obviously he's done stuff with Neil Young and I know some people had things to say about Neil's voice, but it's still cool that he collaborated with him. Bob yeah. Dylan is the same way. His, his voice, it's not what it used to be. I'll just say that. Uh, God bless him for still singing, but... Yeah, no, it sounds like a dirty carburetor, but I think um, <laughs> it would be nice to have maybe Bob write and perform or instrumentation with Jack singing. That could be a really potentially cool idea yeah. there, James. Sounds like a bag of rocks shoved inside a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> singing, here comes Santa Claus. Uh, but yeah, no, we love Bob, and we're big... We're big, uh, we're big old dill heads over here. So uh, this is no, no offense intended to Mr. Zimmerman, but right, we're not trying to bulldoze your your Bob Dylan suggestion or dildoze your your suggestion. <laughs> we're not trying to yuck any yums. Uh, yeah, yeah. 
Uh, we have fun on this podcast. But uh, yeah, that was, that was a really good suggestion there. And so that was really awesome. So thank you, everybody, for contributing. And if you have a story to tell that you want to tell at us, just find us on social media and do so. You'll hear yeah. all those plugs at the end of the program where you can do that. And, uh, and we'd be happy to read them aloud on the air. Isn't that right, James? Ed, that's 100% correct, Paul. James, you ready to get into this topic here? Paul, I'm ready. I've been born ready. I I couldn't imagine myself more ready to get into this topic. I feel like I've never gotten into this topic before. All right, James, we're going to start in with this topic here. Our first topic, it's going to be great. It's going to be just just good. We're going to talk about different stripes. Different stripes, Paul. What's that? <laughs> James, Different Stripes is a tribute CD, and that's kind of what they call their band there. A tribute CD where it takes Jack White songs and makes instrumentals out of them. It's super weird. It sounds super weird, Paul. I'd like to know more. <laughs> well, James, uh, you see, this album, Different Stripes, is a, an all-instrumental Jack White cover CD uh, and vinyl release that was released on Guided Missile Recordings as a CD single in the UK in 2002 and was also released as a 7-inch vinyl. It was described in the liner notes as a heartfelt tribute to Detroit's finest band. And uh, James, I don't know about you, but there's something kind of off-putting about an all-instrumental, solely melodic version of a White Stripes cover song to me. Yeah, it's not something I would normally think of when I think of the White Stripes. Although I do kind of like the fact that they're on something called Guided Missile Records. <laughs> well, because it, it reminds me of Flying Bomb Records uh, in, a, in a good kind of way. But that's the only, uh, the only connection I could get with that. But yeah, no, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily uh, seem like something I would connect with the yeah. way. Yeah, you know, because White Stripes songs tend to be more about the feeling and emotion that Jack is putting into it, and he puts so much of a personal stamp on things that it's kind of hard for me to reconcile someone else doing them to begin with, but for having a an entire melodic version of it done, it seems incongruous, but... James, I think uh, part of the reason there is you just don't see it all that often, you know? Yeah, it's not super common to see that to begin with. Instrumental versions of a two-piece band sound like it would just not work. Yeah, it, it, it would sound an awful lot like that, yes. Unless, of course, you have something like a pocket trumpet. <laughs> well, James, you're in luck because uh, we're going to get into uh, the track listing a little bit here. On this CD is Hotel Yorba... I Think I Smell a Rat, and Fell in Love with a Girl. Those are the three songs. And James, on Hotel Yorba, uh, a certain trumpeter, trumpeteer, trumpet, trumpet Trumpetsman. Man. Trumpetsman. Trump, trumpets girl, trumpets woman. Trump person. Trump, Trump person. Yeah, a uh, name Terry Edwards plays something called a pocket trumpet.
James, a pocket trumpet is a funny little instrument. Paul, tell me all about the pocket trumpet, because as we all know, you can't fit a normal trumpet in your pocket. That's just ridiculous, unless you're wearing a pair of your fancy new Janko jeans. <laughs> well, the good news is this one can't fit in those Jankos either, but the pocket trumpet is a compact size B flat trumpet with the same playing range as a regular trumpet. The length of the tubing, if straightened, would measure the same as that of a standard trumpet. However, the tubing is wound more tightly than that of a standard trumpet to reduce the trumpet's size whilst retaining the characteristic sound. So, let me get this straight. It sounds like a trumpet. Mm -hmm. It looks like a trumpet. Yeah, well, it looks like a weird, like, f***ed up trumpet. (laughs) So somebody screwed up a trumpet and said, this is my new instrument. (laughs) James, Terry Edwards played a lovely trumpet on this uh, pocket trumpet. (laughs) And Terry, you know, I was looking through some of Terry Edwards' credits here, and I couldn't find too much off the bat. But then as I was digging deeper, I found such contributions to groups as the Blockheads, Billy Bragg, who keeps popping up on this podcast. Yeah, what the hell? We've got to start from John Peel, as we talked about in our episode 41, John Peel. He also played with The Proclaimers, Dirty Pretty Things, Hot Chip, who's great if you've never heard Hot Chip, PJ Harvey, and Tom Waits. So I love cool me stuff. some Tom Waits, Paul. Tom Waits is a good, good singing sing, sing boy. So that one's more of a jazz thing. I think I Smell a Rat is kind of like reggae style. going on with this release here but it's it's an interesting release and it's one i come back to every now and again the sleeve design is by a man named brian mcdougall and it's uh it's a really cool sleeve design because it's like a cake completely white cake with jack and meg fondant on it and the spelling of the album title and the group title is in icing so it's it's a cute little white stripes-esque design there which i very much enjoy yeah it's the icing on the cake paul so this album, being an instrumental, does it sound similar to how Jack and Meg would play it? I mean, you said the, the I think I smell a rat is reggae version. Is the rest of it, like, different? Yeah, it's, it is different. The Hotel Yorba in particular sounds like Herb Albert and the Tijuana Brass uh, doing the White mm. Stripes, which is a fascinating way to think about that, because you would never in a million years think of Herb Albert uh, whipped cream or otherwise with uh, Jack under there. Uh, it's a little known fact that Jack White was on the cover of Whipped Cream and Other Delights. <laughs> that was him the whole time. Yeah. Now, Meg, I'm going to cover you in whipped cream. <laughs> no, no. I'm going to I'm gonna leave the band now. Now, Meg, it's going to be tasty now. <laughs> Gross. Hey, Swag, that's a cool whip. <laughs> I, got a, I got a cool whip, Meg. Swag. <laughs> I'm very conscious of calorie counts. Don't want any of that ready whip. Swank, can you pass me those other delights? 
Thank you. Spoiler alert, it's a cattle prod. Anyway, um, this is, uh, it's a beautiful cover, and it's part of a companion set with a album called Different Strokes, ah, which is basically the same thing, yeah. but about the strokes, James. It's about the strokes, James. That other band that everybody lumps in with the white stripes and the hives for some reason. Yeah, and the hives. Yeah, there's a lot of that in there. But uh, so James's thing did pretty well for itself. It, the CD single hit number 89 in the UK charts on May 11th, 2002, and only spent one week on the chart. But still, a respectable performance for a CD single of a tribute band uh, and yeah. an all instrumental at that. It got on a chart, Paul. That's tough to. to I, that's some unexpected. Very unexpected. <laughs> yeah, I don't think many cover albums could lay claim like that unless they're by a very well-known artist it's a testament to the band's popularity at the time i think uh, an album charting like that the john peel effect i mean this is in the 2002 era where white blood cells really exploding the band has never been more popular and maybe would never be more popular again in the uk although arguably mm. when Nicky thump came out i suppose but this is really prime time and it makes sense that a tribute cd like this would come out in this period the best time to be Jack White and the best time to be into Jack White. If you haven't heard it before, I suggest you pick it up. I found it in sort of like a bargain CD thing, and uh, it wound up being a great time, and I highly recommend it. Yeah, and if you're on Amazon and searching anything White Stripes related, you are bound to have it recommended to you at some point in time. Yes, you are. And James, that's been our coverage of Different Stripes. That's a very interesting album, Paul. Yeah. Yeah, Paul, let's, let's, get, into, uh, let's get into a short next topic. Okay, short next topic. This next topic has to do with a band that has had interaction with Jack White in the past, Paul. It's the Flaming Lips. Ooh. They cover the White Stripes' Seven Nation Army. Not once, but many times, actually. They cover it several times during live performances. And uh, they also include it on a compilation album that the Flaming Lips compiled themselves called Late Night Tales, colon, The Flaming Lips. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. The Flaming Lips released this compilation album, which includes songs by various artists like Bjork and Miles Davis and Faust and Aphex Twin and a whole bunch of others. Radiohead. Did you say Faust or Feist? Faust. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not Feist. And it includes uh, one song by the Flaming Lips, and that one song happens to be Seven Nation Army, and it's called Seven Nation Army... Harry Potter's and George W. Bush's Severed Head Army Mix. <laughs> well, that's a sign of the damn times. It sure as hell is.
It's right smack in the middle of this compilation album, right after the Chameleons UK cover, Up the Down Escalator. And it's interesting. This song starts off with a really eerie siren and then some pretty cool, like, bass version of the Seven Nation Army lick. I love the little elephant. Well, that's actually the cover of the whole album, which is a photo by the Flaming Lips. Wow. Well, that definitely sounds like the Flaming Lips covering Seven Nation Army, James. <laughs> so He's not singing the right lyrics at all, James. Well, right. If you look at the, the thing, the lyrics are actually not from Seven Nation Army, but they're a mix of Seven Nation Army and I'm Going to Florida by the Butthole Surfers. <laughs> and I'm going to bowl me a, a perfect game. I'm going to cut off my leg down in Florida. And I'm going to dance one-legged off in the rain. It's a different cover. It's not quite... It's it's something I would expect out of the Flaming Lips. It's very trippy. It's got Wayne Coyne uh, mm. kind of shouting into a megaphone, mumbling some of the words, kind of slurring some of the speech. It's very <laughs> bizarre. But it, it's interesting. I like the background music more than I like Wayne's sultry singing, let's just say. But yeah. it's funny. It's interesting. It's strangely psychedelic and uh, like you mentioned earlier paul the cover has a uh, a little elephant watering can which i find very uh, adorable and uh, that's on the single for seven nation army by the flaming lips um, nice it's pretty pretty neat and if you want to hear more about wayne coin and the uh, white stripes you can listen to our thanksgiving episode thank you jack white where we detail the song thank you jack white for that fiber optic jesus that you gave me that's right paul so the producer of the song was uh, Sam Cunningham, and the assistant producer was Ralph Jordan. And it was recorded specifically for the UK and Australia, it looks like. Yeah, it was only released in the UK, it looks like, in 2005. A little interesting uh, cover that we have found there. Oh, James, that was a lovely little mini topic there, James. Loved it. Yeah. So uh, let's get on to our next topic. Yeah, on to our next topic. James, this is, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Rockin' Legends pay tribute to Jack White. Are you familiar with this album, James? I am in passing. I don't really know it too well. I have the yeah. album digitally, and uh, I, I can't say I listen to it very often. Yeah, you know, I, I like this one. It's uh, We're only going to kind of talk about the White Stripes covers on this album for the purposes of this White Stripes covers episode, but it was released in 2014, and it's basically a lot of old school rockers and session musicians covering pretty obscure Jack White songs, uh, which is kind of interesting. And I, I find it more as a kind of a cool curiosity than something that I kind of return to a lot. There's a few I return to more than others, uh, which we'll sort of get to in a moment. But it was released on Cleopatra record label and as uh, vinyl and uh, CD. And it's really got an eclectic mix of songs on here, James. Uh, yeah, I would say so. James, do you want to hear this track listing? <laughs> oh. It's got In the Cold, Cold Night, Paul, which yeah. is freaking bizarre to see on any compilation album of Jack White songs, let alone cover compilation album and it opens with that that's what i love about it like <laughs> i do love the obscurity of it all we've got cold cold night i'm shaken salute your solution steady as she goes 
Some of these are more expected than others. Trash Tongue Talker, Another Way to Die, awesome. Seven Nation Army, Fly Farm Blues. Oh, wow. We're going to be friends, blunderbuss, fell in love with a girl. You don't know what love is, you just do as you're told. Top yourself an icky thump. Man, what a freaking eclectic group of tunes. There are some weird singles. Another Way to Die. Like, that's not even solely Jack White. That's Jack White and Alicia Keys. Yeah. Granted, it was written by him, but... It's crazy. It features layout and design by Candace Howley, and it was recorded in a variety of different places, you know, mostly studios around the American South, Tennessee, Nashville, Jackson, some stuff in Arkansas, Louisiana, House of Blues in Virginia, so a lot of different uh, different stuff, and it, SSA was released in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is via Stereo Gum. Jack White has spent an entire brilliant career playing oblique tribute to the fuzzier, wilder ancestral forms of rock music that haven't, by and large, gotten a ton of play within popular culture over the past decade plus. Well, that's a pretty fair assessment, I'd say. Mm-hmm. It's only right, then, that some of the survivors of those past eras are paying White some tribute of their own. On the forthcoming tribute of Rockin' Legends pay tribute to Jack White, half-forgotten old-timers like Gary U.S. Bonds, Johnny Powers, Big J. McNeely, and Sonny Burgess cover various White Stripes, Raconteurs, and White solo songs. No dead weather, funnily enough. And the old-timey rockabilly queen Wanda Jackson, who released the White-produced album The Party Ain't Over in 2011, gives a skeletal version of the White Stripes already skeletal in the cold, cold night. It's very weird. I mean, I guess if anyone were to do it, it would have to be either Loretta Lynn or Wanda Jackson would be the only two I would entrust to cover that song. Honestly, it's my favorite on the album. It'd be fair to say the album's kind of a mixed bag. It's sort of all over the place. It kind of fluctuates in degree and quality, but um, it's interesting. So anyway, we're going to dwell on these Stripes versions here. In the Cold, Cold Night, obviously, which kicks off the album, features Wanda Jackson... Saw you standing in the corner On the edge of a burning light I saw you standing in the corner Come to me again In the cold, cold night In the cold, cold night You make me feel a little bolder like the full-grown woman might But when you're gonna grow colder Come to me again In the cold, cold night In the cold, cold night With guitar and production by Shooter Jennings And James, do you know who Shooter Jennings is? Uh, I don't actually, Paul Shooter Jennings is the son of Waylon Jennings, famous American country singer, best friends with Buddy Holly, and who saved himself from the crash that killed Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Whoa. Do you know this story? No. Well, I know the story of the day yeah. the music died and all that, but... Yeah, we all love John McClane. Yeah, er. <laughs> yeah John McClane. <laughs> this is my toes, yeah. <laughs> it's the day the music died. Yeah. Why do I sound a little like Bob Dylan? Get on an airplane, they said. We'll fly to the next gig. Hey, hey, Richie, what kind of cigarettes are you smoking there? (laughs) Now I've got an airplane. Oh. Oh. 
Uh, James, this is via History by Zim. In late 1958, Holly's band, The Crickets, needed a temporary bass player for their tour, and they turned to Jennings. Besides Holly, the tour also included Richie Valens, The Big Bopper. Uh, the Winter Dance Party tour was to last for three weeks with stops all along the Midwest. During the tour, the regular tour bus froze up because of the snowy and cold weather conditions. The musicians had to use a school bus with a faulty heater. It was so cold, the drummer got frostbite on his feet and had to be hospitalized, and the Big Bopper came down with the flu. After a show in Clear Lake, Iowa, Holly decided to charter a small plane for his band consisting of himself, Tommy Alsup, and Jennings. Richie Valens and Tommy Alsup flipped the coin for the last seat. Valens won and took Alsup's seat. Since the big bopper was sick, he asked Jennings if he could take his seat on the plane. Jennings said that as long as Holly was okay with it, he was too. When Holly found out Jennings was not going to be on the plane, he jokingly told him, I hope your old tour bus freezes, to which Jennings responded back, I hope your plane crashes. Oh, God. Oh, jeez. Those words would haunt Jennings for decades. Oh, my God. So, anyway, Shooter Jennings is the son of this guy, and he's kind of had a pretty, you know, decent musical career himself, um, but uh, it's cool. It's, it shows how connected this album is to this, that, that sort of roots, and I really like this song. It's my favorite on the album. I think it's really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, James, the next one here that's a White Stripes cover is Seven Nation Army. Ah, uh, Yes. Yeah, uh, Seven Nation Army, it's by Knox, Walter Luer, and W.S. Fluke Holland. Paul, tell me about these folk. Do you know about these folk? I do. Knox is an English musician, singer, and songwriter from the Beat Group generation. He was born in 45, uh, and he did a lot of work with a band called The Vibrators, James. Mm, sounds... Does that excite you? Are you excited by that? I'm not ex- Not bastard. terribly. <laughs> he had a short stint in the dildos, but... <laughs> Um, the next guy, Walter Lure, uh, was, on, <laughs> was on guitar. <laughs> and uh, this guy worked a lot with Johnny Thunder and the Heartbreakers. And he also appeared on a Sid Vicious record, James. Sid Vicious. Really? Cool, huh? That's, uh, yeah, Sid Vicious. That seems a little more hardcore than I would have expected. Yeah. Then we got this guy, Fluke, on drums. This guy's way old school. He was uh, born in 35, and he played with Carl Perkins and was Johnny Cash's drummer in the Tennessee Three. Did you say he played with Carl Butterball and the Turkeys Three? <laughs> <laughs> There's a real wall of warbles. <laughs> It can be heard for miles, the gobbles. Uh, just, they, they transcend time and space. They move through Carl. misty mountains. The warbles. That's a storybook that I have written. There's Cow Butterball and the Turkeys 3. It's a more of a Goldilocks parable, you see. Anywho. Carl, I'm, uh, I'm enjoying some of your delicious turkey right now. 
yes, I can see that. I supplied you with it. As as did I supply you with a set of the turkey's flukes, which is where the name W.S. Fluke Holland comes from. You see, he, he used the turkey flukes to sing in Yeah, I can really taste the fluke in here. I played with Sid Vicious, you know. <laughs> Oh, that's uh, some good fluke. James, f- from there we move on to We're Gonna Be Friends. <laughs> By one Bobby V. Bobby V, a heartthrob of the uh, teenage variety, 50s and 60s. Oh. Yeah, teen heartthrob. On this one, we have uh, Chris Leitz on drums. Uh, it was engineered by Thomas Cabot, or Cabot. And we have Jurgen Engler on bass, and it was uh, produced by Chris Leitz, the drummer, and uh, as well as Jurgen Engler, which is interesting, and Bobby V uh, sang. So it, th- this is a cool. This is a pretty cool one too. Pretty good. I enjoyed that. Yeah. From there, we move on to the next White Stripes song on this album. Here was "Fell in Love with a Girl." Fell in love with a girl. Now that one's pretty expected, James. Yeah, it, it is. We have that there by the Dirt Daubers. And do you want to tell the fine folks at home who plays on that one? Uh, sure. The Dirt Daubers have on double bass Jessica Wilkes. On drums, Preston Korn, guitar, Rod Hamdahl. The vocals were by J.D. Wilkes, and it was recorded by Jeff Nutson. Thanks, Jeff Nutson. And the Dirt Daubers don't seem to have any albums prior to 2009. Some rockin' legends they are, James. Don't consider it cheating. From there, James, we move on to You Don't Know What Love Is, You Just Do As You're Told. Now, that's a very interesting one because that's not a single or anything like that. Interesting choice, and that's by Rejected Youth Nation. And uh, Rejected Youth Nation was kind of interesting. I got into their music a little bit. We'll play some of that here. It's kind of a nice sound, you know. It really blends well with a the feeling on "You Don't Know What Love Is." You just do as you're told. Yeah, um, and it's interesting too because this is we we have talked about this. But this one is actually covered a couple times. This song, um, and it's always co- uh, covered in like unexpected ways and by unexpected people. So this is this is an interesting addition to to the album, um, and I enjoy it. Yeah, and it's. Without Jack singing this one, the because Jack's songs are so personal, when he sings about a breakup and something, when he says something like, you don't know what love is, you just do as you're told, 
there's a softness about it for some reason to me coming from him because knowing him and knowing all the feelings that he's feeling like it's kind of like I, I sort of get it when you're hearing somebody else say it it's some it somehow comes across as way harsher to me yeah i can see that yeah jack definitely had a story he was trying to tell and it definitely wasn't his exact thoughts but hearing it uh, as a cover version can make it seem that way a little more or maybe i don't yeah. know maybe we're we're projecting our knowledge of jack white onto that song too and to the layperson it would sound that way anyway i don't know yeah yeah regardless it's an interesting cover here That brings us to the last White Stripe song covered on this, which is Icky Thump. By Los Straightjackets. And Los Straightjackets is pretty interesting. James, did you know they recorded with Nick Lowe? Oh, yeah. I did not. Nick Lowe, all the rage with the kids these days. Everybody loves him. Uh, And that features bass by Pete Curry. It features drums by uh, Chris Sugarballs Sprague. Yeah. We have guitar by Eddie Angel, Greg Townsend, and Jake Gralnick. And it's mixed by Chris Sugarball Sprague as well, and the band produced it, and it was recorded by Iman Aitken. And James, this is uh, one of my favorites on the album. I, uh, I quite like this one. James, we're now we're going to kick it to our third man for this week. Uh, let's kick it to our third man. We would like to welcome our third man for this week, Mackenzie Mackinich. Mackenzie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Hello. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to have you. How's it going? Awesome. I'm actually taking a little bit of a break from a mini vacation out on Orcas Island in the San Juan Islands out out in Washington State. So Nice. Yeah, took a little break from vacations. I wanted to talk to you guys. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. So, Mackenzie, you're on the show today because you, you have a very special project coming up. And we're just, when I found out about this project online and we started interacting a little bit, I got really excited myself because I've never seen a White Stripes tribute show before ever. And so you play with the Dead Leaves, which is a White Stripes tribute band. And you've got a performance coming up this August the 14th. 14th for the KBFG 107.3. Is that a radio station out in the Seattle area? Correct. It's a, it's a brand new LPFM radio station based out of a small neighborhood in Seattle that's just getting started. Mm-hmm. They're, a, they're a non-profit. And so, yeah, so we're doing a fundraiser to try to put some funds in their pockets so they can get rolling on the radio and start helping to help local musicians and beyond. 
Nice. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how the Dead Leaves got together and sort of the mission statement for the band? Is it just this one-off performance? Are you going to be doing more? Have you done more? Sure. Is it a one-off performance? As of right now, that is the plan. Uh-huh. But, you know, and I've had some people ask me that, and I'm kind of like, well, let's, let's let us get through this show, and we'll see after that. You know, I'm an extremely busy person. Both of the girls in the band with me are extremely busy, especially the guitar player, Cassie. And so, I mean, she's in, like, I don't know, 35 bands or something. <laughs> like that so, so for her to take on a full-time role in another band i don't know you know it, i mean if the demand becomes there and if we start getting requests and if people want it we'll, t- we'll take a serious look that's awesome so who are the different members of the band and what do they play sure so the other members are uh, faith stankovic she plays drums and vocals she sings mm-hmm. and then kathy moore is the guitar player and she also plays keyboards and sings. And then I play bass and do backup vocals. We were talking a little before the call, a bass player in a White Stripes cover band. Hey, what was that decision like? (laughs) (laughs) Well, basically the decision is is that I wanted to play in the band. It's the only instrument I know how to play. So (laughs) You can just say you're the Dominic Davis of the group. It'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, exactly. And and, well, the the interesting thing is I, I don't think a lot of people always know that they never had a bass player. Uh, so, you know, my role is going to be just kind of holding it down and playing the underneath while Kathy just shreds on guitar. And I mean, Kathy Moore is one of the best guitarists in the mm-hmm. city. She quite often gets tapped by Mike McCready from Pearl Jam to join him for special projects. And nice. Like I said, she's in tons of bands around town and is one of the one of the most um, one of the more popular guitar players in Seattle. Nice. is a pro as well. I mean, she's in a, in a fantastic band called uh, Danny Newcomb and the Sugar Makers locally. Honestly, I just picked two of like the better musicians in Seattle to try to pull this project together, and I just approached them both and was like, "Hey, how would you like to be in a you know do a White Stripe show? Just a, a one-off tribute?" And they were both just like, "I'm in." It took like no convincing whatsoever. <laughs> I think the part to them that was a little bit they were kind of like, "You play bass," because. I'm not known as a local musician around Seattle. I'm a promoter. I'm a manager. I do consultant work with musicians, and I've been doing it for a long time. But nobody in Seattle has basically ever really seen me play. And in truth, I haven't really touched my bass in about a decade, so I've had to kind of reteach myself how to play. Wow. And um, so I've been spending a lot of time on that over recent months. I guess it's fitting to re-engage the bass on a band that is forgiving of or allowing for simplicity, I suppose. I feel like White Stripes songs is a basic rhythm and blues structure, so you're in good hands with the material to sort of ease yourself back into the bass, you know? Sure. And well, an interesting thing is, is so probably around 2002, 
I taught myself how to play bass guitar by listening to White Blood Cells. Wow. Oh, nice. I didn't take lessons. You know, I, I don't know music theory. I mean, even if you tell me to go play something in G, I don't really know what that means, that I can find it by ear. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I taught myself how to play by that album years ago, and you know, I've always just kind of noodled around with their songs. And yeah, even though there was no bass, I just tried to figure out what he was doing on guitar and try to find the notes and match it. And yeah, it wasn't that hard to do. You know, I mean, obviously the solos, that's a whole different thing. But the general, you know, basic guitar tracks were pretty simple to figure out, even on a bass. Out of curiosity, I assume you guys are going to play Seven Nation Army. And if so, will you be doing the, the Jack method of doing the main riff on tic-tac bass guitar or are you going to be playing the bass riff yourself uh gosh, i don't want to give away all my secrets <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep it a mystery yeah i mean that's one i kind of feel like we have to play right and uh let's just, let's just say i know how to play it on bass so okay yeah we gotta uh, save something uh, for the show so was white blood cells your first uh, entry into the stripes was that sort of the the first thing you had listened to or had you been a fan prior to that or How'd you get it into was, it, was you the, get into it was the first one. I, I was living in Cincinnati, and there was an old radio station back there called 97X. And I think my first introduction was fell in love with a girl. Mm-hmm. I heard that on the radio, and they were plugging a lot, and it just blew my mind. I mean, it was just this mixture of punk and somewhat of a weird blues undertone, but it was also pop, and I didn't, I'm like, I'd never really heard anything like it before. But it was simple, yet it was amazing and fierce. And it just, it blew my mind, and that was just kind of what got my attention of like hey maybe i should i just started digging into the band and then i found you know the older albums and mm-hmm. became a major major fan from there on and right. i've basically followed everything he's ever done ever since nice yeah that song sort of the big bang for stripes fans and you know it's funny because you can't really separate them into first generation second generation fans quite yet because i don't know if they've been around long enough for you to really do that but there is definitely like entry point places for fans like the candy cane children sort of predate fell in love with the girl and then there's like the people who came in with fell in love with the girl and then there's people who came in with the racks and then there's people who you know what i mean so like it's cool yeah. I think we came in at about the same level like uh, you and james and i uh, all sort of came in there so uh, we were part of that uh, i guess first wave of mass appeal for the stripes yeah sure being doing white stripe stuff i i've all i've been like i said i've been listening to the music forever i've never really had any intentions of being like in a serious original band but i was always like oh it'd be fun to play white stripes music sometime and i've just kind of had this concept in my head for roughly 10 years or so but i've always just been too busy or like i said i never really took the bass serious mm-hmm. then five or six years ago i kind of started looking at anniversary dates like well when did they start this or blah 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 um, I don't know, sometime back in January or so, I kind of had the idea come up again and I did some research. I'm like, oh, well, hey, their 20th anniversary is coming up and it, it kind of seems perfect. Yeah. And, and I thought, well, I have enough time to do it. We could do this in August. And I'm aware of the July date. Like, I know that the first time they ever performed in public, it was at um, the Gold Dollar, if I'm not mistaken. But it was in July, but it was just a... I think they did three songs at an open mic. Yeah, yeah. Bastille Day. All right, uh... Let me bore you for two or three songs. This is uh, St. James Infirmary um, by Cab Calloway.
Yeah, so, you know, there was two reasons why we did not do that as the anniversary date. The first is we just weren't prepared in time and the, the girls weren't available. But secondly, I felt like, you know, the real show on August 14th was like the first time they were billed as a, hey, come see us, we're a band. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why we chose that date rather than the, the three-song open mic thing. Yeah, they just released that three-song open mic thing as a cool little mini download album or download EP or whatever uh, on Bestial Day this past year. And it's interesting to hear Meg is... Meg is in uh, primal form, shall we say, and it's it's interesting because like, I think that was her first time in front of any kind of crowd, and God bless her, you know, she was she was holding it down with virtually no musical experience and probably nervous out of her mind. Uh, so, and I, I can remember being in front of a crowd without ever having done it before, and it's really really crazy. So, it's a it's an interesting listen, although it's not quite like uh, the fully formed White Stripes we would sort of know later, you know. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but uh, thanks for the reminder, so I can go check it out when I get home. Yeah, they play Love Potion number nine. It's pretty sweet. Um, but Jack introduced it as the uh, the real version or something. Like that. It was like even back then, Jack White was still Jack White. It's kind of hilarious. Uh, yeah. So, what kind of songs have you been? preparing for the show or can you give us a can you give us any teasers of stuff you've been preparing for the show sure you know we're gonna cover a song off of almost every album interesting enough even though day steel is one of my favorites like we're not gonna play anything off of it there was one song we were gonna play off of it but then we just decided it's it just didn't make sense for the set that we're setting up so um, that's the only album we're not gonna play anything off of but yeah we're gonna play something from the latest all the way to the earliest so nice. we'll do uh, do some covers so to speak <laughs> <laughs> what made you approach these other two musicians to be in this cover band Kathy Moore was my first choice out of anybody in the entire city. Mm -hmm. First off, I really wanted to try to work with women just because I know, you know, Jack's affiliation to always working with women and the respect there. And yeah, even though I'm the only boy in the band and I wanted to be in the band, so that was kind of a part of it. I, I really wanted to try to have women in the band and a little bit of maybe, I guess, because of the gimmick part of him doing it, but also just out of respect, mm -hmm. you know, um, like I said, Kathy's one of the best musicians in the city. And I don't, I don't go around saying she's one of the best female musicians. Like I try to say she's one of the best musicians because she is. Mm -hmm. Right. And I don't think that there should be a gender thing on there. So I want to highlight some of my friends that are female that are uh, fantastic musicians and this thing is going to be so i've put on a lot of events and a lot of shows especially around seattle and this one's probably one of my biggest ventures yet i mean we're gonna have six different guest singers let alone us as singers wow, wow. for all the wow. different songs we're gonna have multiple guest musicians step in and play with this i mean this is gonna be the pre-production's insane. Sounds like a party. It really is, yeah. And, you know, a lot of the, the guest musicians that are going to be stepping in, they're female as well, and that's something I, I wanted to really hone in on. Yeah. So. This is at the Sea Monster. What is that venue like? I'm not totally familiar with the Seattle music scene. My wife and I love Seattle. We, <laughs> I think we, we could find ourselves living there someday. We really, really love the city, but I'm, I'm largely unfamiliar with the music scene. So what's that venue like? There was a very specific reason I chose the venue. So it uh, it's a place that I hang out out a lot and there's and the reason i do is because it's a very community oriented music venue it holds about 300 people on a packed night mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the musician's musician hangout 
Right. Like, I always tell people, I'm like, they have music there six nights a week, and it's some of the best players in the city, but they're hidden players, like names you don't always know. Yeah. And what I always tell people, I'm like, anytime you see a show there, I'll guess and say at least half of the audience is other musicians, you know, coming to support their friends or they're plotting and scheming who they're going to pull out of this band to make a new band. And so many new bands form out of that place because of that reason. Hmm. While I didn't live here in the early and mid-90s, it's kind of what I envision of what the camaraderie and culture used to be music-wise around here. Like, everybody's buddies and they help each other. Yeah. And so it's a it's a very great community-oriented venue, and I know the owner really well. And, you know, he's not even open on Mondays, and so I talked him into opening the club just to, to do this, and he was uh, he was down for it. So Nice. Are they going to be doing a, uh, a live broadcast out of there from the radio station? You know, we talked to KBFT about it, and... We've kind of determined they're not really set up for it yet. Mm-hmm. Kind of for reasons also is for FCC reasons. Like if anybody drops an F-bomb, they're not really prepared to hit a dump button on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so KBFG is going to record it, and then they're going to play it back on their station afterwards, and they'll bring it back and edit it and mix it and make it sound all pretty. Wow. Nice. Are you gonna, so, are you yeah, gonna... we're going we're gonna to capture it, so we're extremely happy about that. Are you talking about a release maybe in some limited capacity, just... A CD release or a promo thing or anything like that or not really at this point? Well, you might be looking at copyright issues there. I'd have to look into it and we'll have to see the quality of the releases as well. Yeah. yeah. If it is available, we would love to, after the fact, maybe play or plug a little bit of it on the show. That'd be awesome. We're, uh, we're really excited about it. I wish something like that was coming down here to Los Angeles. If you guys ever find yourselves down in the Los Angeles area or on the East Coast for James in the New York or Philadelphia area, I know there's a, there's a big fan base in both of those places that would that would love to hear something like this so my hope is that it goes well for you and you can do more of these shows oh sure yeah and, and you know and if some of the audio comes out good but we have no that'd be no problem at all send it to you just to, to play I, I think selling it's a whole different ball game though sure, mm-hmm. sure. Um, yeah. and you know and, but that was the other thing I talked about too is like I said there's gonna be so many guest musicians mm. joining this it's like what would we do if somebody else wants us to play at another gig it's like I don't know if we can get all those musicians again or, you know, we'd have to have maybe a more permanent singer, but we'd have to figure all that out. So kind of why there's no plans yet for making this a, a regular thing. You hire a blimp and you get everybody in on there, get all however many, you know, 30 of you, and you basically got yourself a White Stripes version of the polyphonic spree and everything's good. Well, and, you know, in Jack's own, when he was touring his, just his Jack White thing, he had different bands each night, so... There you go. <laughs> Maybe we'll just take like 30 people on tour and like, okay, this night you're playing this show. <laughs> You'll have to whip out the uh, bird books to, uh, to get different names instead of the buzzards and peacocks. You'll need like the storks and all like hundreds of different kinds of birds in there as well for the bands. Yeah, we could try. I mean, I, I know some good uh, graphic artists around town too, so... <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I love your uh, the logo, too, that you're using here for it. It's very white stripes. And I love the name, too, the Dead Leaves. How did you guys settle on the Dead Leaves? I mean, obviously, I know how you settled, but whose idea was it? I tossed out around three or four different ideas just from songs and just uh, threw it to them, and we just kind of did an even vote on it. And uh, everybody liked the Dead Leaves the best. Uh, what were some of the other ones? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> the Manic Mix. I have to go back and... <laughs> yeah, I mean, they were, they were kind of based on songs, if I I remember right I don't think there was any I think maybe the Blue Orchids was an idea we had yeah that's good yeah gosh I don't know I'd, I'd have to go back the girls might remember I, I forget mm-hmm. so I think you settled on an iconic line there from an iconic song from an iconic band so it's a uh... 
I think you uh, you chose wisely. So if people want to go see the show in the Seattle area, again, that's on August 14th. How can they pick up tickets? You can do a Google search, or I think the exact thing is uh, Brown Paper Tickets is selling it. And if, uh, you know, if you do a search on Facebook for The Dead Leaves Seattle, you'll find our event, and there's a ticket link directly to it. So. It's not too hard to find. So we encourage everybody out there to go uh, pick up tickets for this. Uh, It sounds like it's going to be a one-off for now, so see it while you can in that area. And I'm I'm very jealous. I wish I could be up there to uh, join you guys and see the show. It sounds like it's going to be a really awesome event. Yeah, thanks. I mean, ticket sales have been, pre-sales have been way better than we expected, too. So this might really end up being a pretty epic night. So for a Monday night, we're already like, wow, this is kind (laughs) of... exceeding our expectations a little bit already so there seems to be a buzz about it just so you know i created a a custom bitly for you so uh for any folks out there who want to check out the show you can go to bit.ly slash dead leaves and so you'll be able to pick up tickets there oh thank you i really appreciate that guys that's great not a problem yeah i also wanted to give just a quick shout out to our photographer for the photo session um you know i'll send you guys some photos but the main one we've been using is our cover that was from broken clock photography our friend baba rubino did an amazing job on that so nice really cool yeah in the photo session we were all in black white and red and that's how we're going to be on stage like I'm even making sure the sound or the lighting tech. I'm like no, nothing else. Black, white, red on stage. No other colors. I don't want blue. I don't want green. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're going to stay as true to the band as we possibly can. Even my guitar is going to be black and yeah. my chord is going to be nice. red. So you're all going to pretend to be siblings, but you're all going to get secretly married beforehand and not tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both married already. The girls are, so that'll make things interesting. But uh, they are my sisters, and I'm the little brother. And our cousins are going to be joining nice. us on stage, as we've been announcing on the they, on the website. Perfect. So. That's perfect. I was going to say you're not that, all that far from Utah over there. You could probably make it work. But uh, that's awesome. I, I love this idea. Very. See, I was pretty open and free about a lot of things, man. So. <laughs> oh, that's man. all. I'm going to comment on that. The girls can comment more if they want, or hopefully they won't quit the band after hearing this. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's been really great talking to you, Mackenzie. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, is there anything else you want to plug while you're here? Any? I know you're, you said you work in concert promotion. Is there any other shows you want to you give a shout-out to? Uh, not really. I would just say, you know, for everybody to kind of scroll around on our Facebook page and go check out the other bands that Kathy and Faith are in. I mean, they're extremely good. And, and all the guest musicians that are going to be joining us. I mean, they're some of the, like I said, some of the best musicians in Seattle and some of the incredible singers and we we carefully chose who we wanted to be a part of this project because we wanted to highlight some of the best and yeah i'd say really the last thing is who we're doing this for again kbfg it's a small community radio that's going to be in a circumference of about three miles around northern seattle but when that station really gets rolling like right now they're just in a streaming phase but they have their fcc license to go into FM radio and they're just waiting for the city of Seattle to approve their tower. So once they really get rolling on FM, they plan on doing tons of things in their community and they want to help local businesses and local artists and doing it all volunteer driven and, and community driven with funds. So it's something that we believe in as a band and we wanted to try to help them. And that's the whole point of doing the show. 
um, on the back end for all the funding. And at the show, there's going to be auction items. There's going to be raffle items for people to win. So we're, we're really going all in for this. Very nice. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we wish you all the all the luck. Thanks, guys. I wish you could be at the show, and uh, you know, I'm I'm sure we'll talk some people into going Facebook Live. So maybe watch the night of the show, watch our page, and uh, yeah, I'll try to send you some audio. Nice. Really looking forward to it. Thank you again for joining us uh, on the show, and uh, I think we're going to get back to it now, James. Yeah, let's get back to the show. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. Yeah, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. I love the podcast, and we'll we'll continue to help support you guys as well. So thank you for your time. Thanks. We appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right, James. We're going to plow through the end bit here. Yeah, let's get through it. Uh, I, I've been given a time limit, so... Uh, yeah. First of all, first ready. of all, thank... Oh, oh God. All right, yeah, yeah. First of all, thank you to Mackenzie for joining us as our third man this week. That was really awesome, Mackenzie. We'd also like to shout out for a couple of new people interacting with us online. We have at Hess30Go on Twitter. That was really awesome, Hess. Thank you. We have at EggPotato11. <laughs> I love you very much, EggPotato. Thank you. We also have Rick Patrick or at 70 SpacePunk. Lots of great handles going on over here, James. <laughs> we have at Aaron Davis831. We have not Jack White or at HerfNerf. I appreciate that as well. We have Sophia Bungay and Katie Garcia or Katia Garcia and Rejane Ayers. Yes, and uh, as always, we have people who come in day in, day out, chatting with us and all that stuff on the Facebooks and Twitters. We got Kate McCoy, the bones of the operation. We got Jeremy Riles keeping us on those rails. We've got my oh me, me oh my is on there. We have Andre Ice Cold Lime Man, Eileen, I see you over there, Corsano, <laughs> Callie, third person in spirit, always. Durga. We have Adrian King, the punk rock queen. We have Rain Prosper. Thank you so much, Rain Prosper. It's red, red rain from here on out. Uh, we have Amy Hart, the heart of the operation. Ha <laughs> ha! 2.0. We have Eric, Andrew, Dodson. Dodson, we got Dodson over here. David Poe. Poe, 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 Poe. We have S.A. Franco. What does that mean? James, if people would like to reach out to us on social media, they can go to facebook.com slash thirdmen. They can visit us on Twitter at thirdmencast or use the hashtag thirdmencast. You could go to Tumblr, thirdmenpodcast.tumblr.com. You can go to our WordPress website, thethirdmen.wordpress.com. Or you could go to uh, send us an email, thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. Or you could visit Spreaker, our uh, iHeartRadio landing page. That's Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R, and search The Third Men. You can find us on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe. That's right, Paul. And uh, as always, uh, feel free to give us some listener questions if you got them. I know, actually, we failed to mention a listener question that was sent in, and I we have failed our promise, Paul. We, we, we lost it. Uh, so, uh, David Poe, we will get to that question that you had asked in another episode, but we need some more listener questions in the meantime. So send them on into our email. And as always, thank you to Sam Kuber and Tom Valenti for help with the recording of our theme song, We're the Third Men. Thank you to Susanna Roundtree for the amazing intros and outros of our program. And Paul, as always, I'll be looking for a cover of a home. And I will also be looking for a cover of a home. See you next week, everybody. Bye. Bye. For more information or to contact the show, visit thethirdmen.wordpress.com or email at thirdmenpodcast at gmail.com. 
Also visit at ThirdMenCast on Twitter and search The Third Men on Facebook. See you next time. This is a rough one. It sure is. Let's let's level with people. We just recorded all this, so <laughs> this is us re-recording this. If it doesn't sound fresh, that's why. Yeah, it's this is definitely a bummer, uh, and computers have failed us and um, Skynet was a lie this whole time who knew but they uh, uh, there's I know it sucks it really sucks Um, well James keep it fresh keep it new Thanks, Jeff Nutson. Mm. And the dirt daubers. Oh, that's good fluke. Uh. Since it's covering the white stripes, that's okay. Fine, fine, Paul. It's fine. No, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, so, move on to the next one. Got his start with uh, David Peel, as a matter of fact, as we talked about in our episode 41 Peel Sessions episode. David Peel? Uh, as we got to start from John Peel, as we talked about in our episode 41 John Peel episode. Sorry, I was just going to let that hang until you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> um. He worked a lot also with uh, Johnny Thunder. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah. So that's that. That's that pervert. Um, the next guy. Is what I think crashed my computer, which was, I think it was like a streaming site was trying to play lullaby renditions of the White Stripes. <laughs> it crashed it. Um One cheese pizza. <laughs> uh, James, would you like to tell the good people what every single one? Would you like to tell the good people whatever? What are what fans dream? The sex jerkies.